Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's lesson of the week is conquer your fears. It's like you're terrified when it comes to your fears. You're terrified when you go down and it's like scary mm-hmm. and you're like in it and the process seems long and forever. But as soon as you come back up, it's like young. It's I wouldn't have been able to experience the other side of this if I didn't, I didn't go through this jump. and yep. I didn't just commit to what I said I was going to do. <laughs> So, this week's lesson is conquer your fears, commit, just commit to whatever the it is. The first step in the, the first step. step. Yes. So, with that, without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast guest. This week's guest is passionate about music. It's a lifestyle that she has devoted herself to each and every day for as long as she can remember. She currently works as a product manager at Def Jam Recordings, developing emerging artists like Bo Young Prince, Fetty Luciano, and TJ Porter. She also contributes to a vast roster, including 2 Chains, Valet, Jeremiah, YG, Fabulous, Tiana Taylor, and more. Music plays a major role in shaping and moving the culture forward, and she feels blessed and grateful to have the opportunity to help make it happen. I would love to introduce to the Fearless Kia podcast someone who's known me since I've been like five years, five years old. She's like a sister to me. No one other than Miss Ashley Merritt. Hey guys, this is so exciting. Yay! I am so honored to be here with Nakia. I told her this is my first podcast, so it, I'm so happy it's with her for the first yes. one. Yes. And I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited for yeah. I'm so excited for listeners to hear your journey, your story, and just like talk your shit, like talk your life, your journey. I think it'll inspire someone who's listening out there who may be on the same trajectory as far as like their career, their career, excuse me, Mm -hmm. their career and their goals and aspirations. Yep. So I usually like to start off the podcast with the we like go right in which is the question that I ask is what is your deepest fear yeah so my deepest fear is I remember there was a Jay-Z interview that he did and he was saying that everything we have is inside of us we're already equipped with the power and knowledge we just have to tap into it Mm. and um that is basically what my deepest fear is not tapping into my inner light and using it to its full potential to serve myself my family my friends most importantly God and and my career and it's a it's a scary thing to think like you know we always want so much more for ourselves like we tend to put time limits on everything nowadays with social media everything is so instant we see people's lives and like oh they're doing really well in their career or you know they're doing well in their relationships, their friendships. Everything looks peachy keen. But, like, on the inside, it's like, <clears throat> how do you really feel about it? How are you really truly happy inside? Are you doing what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Are you truly servicing yourself and making your life worthwhile? Like, the scariest thing of all is to leave this earth without feeling like you made your footprint or your mark in someone's life or you didn't get to do everything that you set out to do like in your life yeah you know that's that's a scary feeling and it's something that we battle with i know i battle with every day like sometimes we can get comfortable in life in like certain Mm. situations that we're in and then when we when we have that yearning i know for me it usually starts like deep down in my gut like when something just keeps tugging and you're like damn i know that i want to do this but I'm just being a, can I curse? Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I'm being a bit of a pussy. Like, I'm <laughs> like trying to do this shit, but then you, like, you, you talking yourself out of it. Because I'm a huge overthinker. I don't know about anybody else, but, like, I tend to think things, like, 10, 20 times over. To mm-hmm. be like, is this the right thing? Back and forth. Sometimes you may talk yourself out of it. But then it's like, I always like to ask myself at the end of the day, what is the worst that can happen? Mm. Either it's going to be a yes or a no, but you have to try 
Mm. You have to put one foot in front of the other. Even if it's like sending that email, you've been wanting to reach out to somebody to get insight on something that you're interested in doing. Or if you want that promotion at work and you feel like you're well-deserved going up to whoever your superior is, your GM, your boss, like, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I want to grow. Just initially making that first step, like it's the hardest thing to do. But once you do it and you get that ball rolling, you're like, okay, I can do this. It's not so bad. I don't know why I was stressing myself out so much yeah. over it, you know? It's, I don't know. It's it's just that grappling fear. And I like to call it growing pains at the same time, too. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just turned 30 in June, and I'm like, damn. Like, what, I don't know, maybe five, seven years ago, I'm thinking, oh, 30. I'll be married. I'll have kids. I'll have this type of life. I'll own a house. I'm 30. I live in New York City. I rent an apartment. I don't have kids. And I'm not married. But you know what? I'm making the steps to live my best life while I'm here on this earth and doing what I can do to be a better person, a better woman at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, a better daughter, a better friend, a better coworker. So that's just like my main thing right now that I'm focusing on. And yeah. And I think you touched on a really good point earlier about comfort. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can get real comfortable in a situation where it's like, ah, mm-hmm. I mean, look at everything I have around me. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, lean into that fear, mm-hmm. who's to say I'm a, you know, exactly. this comfort may not be there. This, yeah. This, this, this stable stability, you know, mm-hmm. that I have in my life may not be there. And I think that's the scariest thing, too, is to... The, it's like you know that you have this talent in you and you know that you can see it through to maximize it to its fullest potential, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, the, there's comfort that goes into it that keeps you from it. There's stability mm-hmm. that keeps you from it. But then it's also that, like, that battle between, like, do I have what it is that's required of me <laughs> Girl, <laughs> to do me, that? That to is do like that. You know the what I'm biggest saying? Thing, especially like when you're seeing people who are in that same light or that position that you see for yourself, and you're like, "Man, like they make this look so easy. Like how are they doing it?" But like in the back end, like we don't know their story. We don't know their struggle to get to where they are. Yep. But we do know mm-hmm. they made that first step to get to that position that they're in now. Yeah. And it's not worrying about like, oh, I feel like I'm not equipped enough or I don't have enough experience. Like one of my favorite verses in the Bible is like God says we're equipped with everything. He's given us everything we've already need. It's mm. inside of us. Mm. We just have to believe see it through and tap into it and I think that starts with kind of being still and centering yourself Mm. you gotta kind of question and be like what is it why why am I here on this earth what did God put me here to do what are my talents that's easy to me like it's easy for me to do this whether it's if you want to be a DJ or if you want to be a producer or an actress Something that comes natural to you and how you can feed off of it and grow it and keep learning and becoming the best at whatever it, it is, is that you're doing. Yeah. So I think that's that that's the hardest part is just actually knowing what it is inside of you that you want to do and the things that you want to achieve to do it. Yeah. No, it's it's tough because even still, like I'm 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 praying, I'm asking God, I'm like, what what direction do you want me to go in yes like what do you prayer see started to me? shift didn't they yeah, yeah prayer started like, to shift you're like you know what what do you see for me because i keep trying to do it my way but it's not turning out how i want it to be yeah and in your mind you yeah. pray your prayers start out like god this is what i want to do yeah. and then it's like it ain't happening no. so then you start to change your prayer like well, what is it that you see push mm-hmm. me to the direction that you see for me that yep. you put me on this earth to do because yeah. There is a twofold. We get specific in our prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes too damn specific. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, and there's nothing wrong, Lord. I mean, there's nothing wrong. It works for some people, but sometimes we get so specific based mm-hmm. on an idea that we have for what uh, th- the movie in our mind is for this life that we want and the things that we want. That mm-hmm. it's like you got so specific that you could be blocking what God has already had yes, already put in motion for you. Yeah, and you're not recognizing it or seeing it yeah. because you're you have tunnel vision on something that you want to make happen. Like, 
My favorite thing is sometimes we can't make fetch happen from Mean Girls and Gretchen. She kept trying to make fetch happen and that shit wasn't working. It's, I apply that to my life all the time. I'll be like, ooh, I'm trying to make fetch happen and it's not happening. Right. But then when you get that enlightenment moment and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm feeling good about this move or this direction that I'm going in. I feel like things are clicking. I'm meeting the right people. I'm doing the right things. And you're like, okay, I'm starting to see it. Like, it's becoming clearer to me. Yeah. Each and every day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that you were praying to God, saying, like, what direction do you, you know, want me to go in? Mm-hmm. Is that in, as far as your career, as far as your personal, or both? I would say, and that's, like, a balance that I'm trying to be better at because I feel like I've, I like to work. I like to work a lot. <laughs> like, it's, it's fun for me. I like what I do. It's 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 like um it's a release and it distracts me from like my own personal life and whatever I'm going through mm-hmm. and sometimes that's not good because at the end of the day like your job is your job your career is your career but you who you are like outside of your work that's what's most important because mm-hmm. that's what's gonna help continue to grow you as a person in each and every chapter that you embark on in your life yeah so I feel like lately I've been like focusing more on like the direction I want to go in my career with my prayers and I haven't been (laughs) more so focusing like on my own personal developments whether it's love or um I always pray for my family and my friends and things of that Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm I feel like I'm a very great friend I'm a very great daughter but just growing into the woman that I want to be like 30-year-old Ashley, like, who is she? How has she changed since she was 20? And then, like, just looking back on everything, I'm like, damn, man, like, I really am growing up out here. You know, yeah. I'm feeling grown. I'm feeling very grown. Like, maybe like Kelly, growth. <laughs> growth. <laughs> For real, the things that used to bother you before, like, they start to bother you a little less. You stop caring what people think about you or how you're perceived mm. because you know who you are as a person. You know your character. People can think this, that, and the third about you. But at the end of the day, they don't know who you are as a person. Right. So they can not They can go off of whatever they think they may know. But at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. Yeah. You have to go to bed with yourself at night. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable with all the decisions, the moves that you make, mm-hmm. the company that you keep. Like, you, you have to be okay with that. <laughs> like, girl, you talk about it. That. So, like, that's, that's the thing that I've been focusing on the most is just becoming an overall better version of myself. Yeah. Do you feel like there are um, outside factors that feed into that, like, feeling of not filling up to your full, fullest potential, that fear that you have? Yeah, of course. And what are those outside factors? Um... I'm going to say one of them being how people perceive you Mm. Um, because it's like you're doing this, that, and the third. You're making your moves, shaking and baking, whatever the hell. But it's like who essentially, like who are you? How does that amount, the work that you do, how does that amount to you as a person? Like if you go up to somebody and you're like, oh, Ashley before I worked with Nakia what are they going to say about you after you leave and turn and leave the room Mm. is it going to be a good impression or is it going to be a negative impression like those are things that we tend to think about earlier I touched on it before social media like that's a big part of our lives now Mm -hmm. like as much as we like hate to say it like that's what it is this generation everything is on your social presence how you're doing how you're perceived and then getting to see, like, your fellow peers, how they're moving, what's going on with them. It's like you can feel those pressures. Yeah. You can feel those pressures. And like I said before, we don't know everybody's story. People put up their – people put what they want you to think on social media. Yeah. It's not real life. Like, it's all a facade. Like, I always like to ask my friends every day, like, when we're just talking about it, like, what would happen if Instagram just fell off the face of the earth? Like, it was just gone. I think people would be. Who would you right? be? Yeah. Would you still be the same person, or are your is your whole life gonna fall apart because you built this whole life on Instagram that is not who you are? Exactly. You know, and and, and it's always interesting to hear people's opinions about it. Um, 
It go. I mean, when that space. happens, it goes down to like <clears throat> where your product was staying. Whatever mm-hmm. you're using, like I said, your product, mm-hmm. your, the work that you do has to withstand this yeah. device. Yeah. Or this you know, this platform. You have to think about all the people who have been making moves and doing things and advancing themselves, advancing their careers before social media even came into play, mm-hmm. and how they still have that long lasting legacy. Social media was just only an addition to what they already had going on. Exactly. You know, instead of, then there's nothing wrong with building like your your brand, whatever your career, like whatever product you're pushing on social. There's nothing wrong with that. It's great that this allows people to use that as an outlet for them to make money, mm-hmm. get their livelihood. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad at that at all. Like, get your money, do what you got to do, but just don't be so consumed with it that it takes away from who it dehumanizes you, are. you yeah as a person like your social interaction like on on one thing it's like you live this life and then when you see them in person it's it's like crickets you're like hey or they can't even hold a conversation or there's not really any depth to them and it's just like okay so who is this person that we see on the internet right because it's not saying when i'm seeing in front of you absolutely i don't know mm. I, no, <laughs> I understand that, girl. I understand that. Those are my thoughts. No, 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 no. That's that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. And I battled with that too. You know, mm-hmm. having a following, and I'm like, yo, oh. I literally told myself this year. I was like, if I lose all my followers, I could care less. Because at the end of the day, as long as you don't lose yourself, yeah, in the process, yeah, the numbers will always change. Right? Numbers gonna shift regardless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someday, one day people like you, next day they don't, whatever. It is what it is. But you can't shift because other people shift. Exactly. You can't let people dictate your life and how you want to live it. Especially, like, in the generation we're in now. Because, you know, our parents, like, they came from a different thing. Their parents want them to get a job, go to school, have a family, get married, be safe, secure, retire, get your pension. Like, it was just like... <laughs> Get your social security, like your 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 Medicare, whatever. Like it was a whole lineup because that's what their parents did. They want to instill that in their kids, and now for us, it's a totally different thing. Particularly like, our generation, I think yeah. we flipped it on the head a little bit because they like, what is this? Uh, what you what? what? Yeah, you want to like, be a freelance blogger? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like you want to do what? Like I still get don't it, even I think don't. my parents know what I do for work, but they're just supportive. They're like, yeah, she works in music. <laughs> But, yo, it's that thing where it's, like, <laughs> growing up in the DMV, it's, like, you know, talking to our parents, or my parents specifically, my mom's, like, get in the government, get, get you a government. good government job. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> don't nobody want Don't nobody, and there's no shade to get into working in the government, no shade at all. But I'm, like, that wasn't for me. Like, my dad can't, he's a retired Air Force, like, like, served for, like, over 25 years. My mom worked in Nordstrom, like, being a buyer, opening stores, store managers, and all of that stuff. So, you know, they they made a way for their kids. Like, leaving Chicago, it was like, okay, this is what we got to do to build this life that we want. And I respect my parents with the utmost respect for all that they did Mm -hmm. to put me and my brother through school and through college and still supportive to this day for our work and our careers. Like, that is truly the foundation of who I am mm-hmm. is my mom and dad being there for me. Like without them, I would not be the person who I was today. Like I, you don't understand like how vital that is having mm. that relationship with your parents and knowing that they're behind you a hundred percent, no matter what, and that you can always have a person to count on if you ever fall. Yeah. Like they will be right there to pick you up. And then the importance of having, not yeah. even your parent, even having your brother, right? Having a sibling yeah. to, you know, and your and your brother's older than you, so mm-hmm. having that sibling like, older. hey, like, yeah. how was and it for like, you? Like, and, and, and he gets it because mm-hmm. you know he's been through this himself, and like he's he's seen the change of events on how everything is happening, and it's good to be able to call on him and be like, oh, I'm feeling like I'm having these issues at work, or or something with friends, or this, that, and the third. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I've been through this, girl. It's nothing new. You get through it. <laughs> like, it's fine. Just always knowing that you have that support. Like, yeah. no matter what. If you have nobody behind you, know that you have your siblings or your mom and dad, your aunt, grandmother, whoever is that figure in your life. Yeah. Knowing that they're there and supporting you 
is what counts the most. And me. talk about the importance of that support when you started your career and wanting oh to God. come to New York to pursue a <laughs> career oh in God. music. Well, Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, let me start with that one. I never wanted to live in New York City. Really? This was the last place on earth I, I ever went. thought I would live. I hated New York. I was like, I don't want to live there. It's too many people. You got to take the train. Like, that's not for me. I originally wanted to go out to L.A. after college. Mm. But um, my best friend, Alex, she was like, she moved to New York like a year before I did. And she's like, well, I met this guy. Shout out to Chris Cornish, too. She was like, he's really good. You should come intern with him out here. Just try it out for the summer. See how you like it. I was like, well, I have nothing to lose. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing shit at home anyway. I might as well just do it. So I moved out here in the summer. And I met my other best friend, Kelly, through Alex. And we just, like, fucking hit the town. Like, I was interning. I was working part-time at American Apparel on 19th and 5th. <laughs> making my, I don't even know how, it, was, it wasn't shit. It was maybe, like, $12 an hour. Like, not much at all. Yeah, because at that time, that was minimum. Yeah, <laughs> this shit. was back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't much, but I met a lot of great people there. I had a lot of people who, like, held me down at my internship, like, mm. su like supremely supported me in every aspect. Like, oh, you want some lunch? Oh, don't worry, I got you lunch, dinner, whatever, ride home, this, that, and the third. Especially, like, when I was like, all right, I'm, I need to get, like, a full-time job. Like, Tisa was, like, one of my major supporters when I was mm. over at Sony. Like, she got me my first job with UMG, which was in publishing. And, like, just having that group of people, like, your, your family away from family, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And, you know, coming to a big city like New York, it's, it's, it's scary. It's intimidating. It's expensive. <laughs> it's like... I'm out here, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but I have a goal and I have a mission in mind. Because there were plenty of times when I was interning and working part-time and I wanted to be like, yo, is this for me? Like, is mm -hmm. should I be here? Should I go back home? Go back to school again? Like, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. It was a lot of crying, a lot of self-doubt. Like, it, it was a hard time, but it was also a great time because I learned so much about myself and just built up my confidence to be like, mm -hmm. you know what? I want this to happen, so I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And having the support of my friends and my family and the people that I work with, like, to keep pushing me, like, no, you're going to do this. You're going to make it happen. And like I tell people all the time, I moved here essentially just for a summer, and I've been here for about six and a half years now. Yeah, I haven't left. I haven't moved back home. Like it's 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 I'm really really blessed in like my progression throughout my career. Of course, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm 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 blessed with the steps that have been made thus far. Yeah. You know, because people come here, it's it's a lot for them to intake. Like, a lot of people can't handle the city. I mean, they say all the time, like, <clears throat> when I first came, mm -hmm. I was like, I did not. I was like, yeah, I don't want to fucking live here. <laughs> but I, I had my dream job at 21. Yeah. My dream job, I was at Oxygen Network. I was a yeah. social media coordinator. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. That's before social media, like, really started well, to pop it off. It really started, yeah. you yeah. know? And yeah. I had a horrible boss. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I, beyond in my career now, I can actually say, I'm, a, I'm far from it, so I can say it. I had a horrible boss who did not mm -hmm. cultivate. Like, you had someone mm -hmm. who, to cultivate you to make sure you had mm -hmm. everything that you need to really be successful. And mm -hmm. I had to go back home. And I was like, shit, I didn't even make it through six months here. Yeah. Right? It's very hard to make it yeah. through six it's, months in New York. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So when I came back after a summer being at home and got went to Turner mm -hmm. um, and been back since, which mm -hmm. was still 2012, same year, mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm determined to keep this fucking job yeah. <laughs> and to survive New York. It wasn't even about, like, people don't understand, you have to have that mentality, like, I'm going to so conquer this fucking city. Hell yeah. This city is not going to conquer me, because when it happened the first time, that shit was bad. Yeah. So the second time, I'm like, I'm going to conquer it. But like you said, like, New York is a big city, 
there's about 12 billion, whatever, how many people, million mm-hmm. people here. Mm-hmm. But it's a lonely ass fucking city at the yeah. same time. It's like the most busiest. Like you always feel like you're surrounded by people, but also you're still very much a loner in a sense. It's a lonely city. Yeah. It is. And yeah. having a community and group of friends, mm-hmm. that support system, like you said, that family away from home is really what keeps you here. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, if it wasn't like for for Kelly and Alex and like me moving in with them and then us moving into an apartment together, like I don't know how long I would have lasted here. And of course my parents back home supported me and all yeah, my friends back home supported me. But to have someone like like that's actually here in the city with you fighting the good fight, trying to find a new job, you know, dating, all of that stuff. Having someone that's here and that can relate with you, it means everything. Mm -hmm. It means everything. Like I I said, I wouldn't know where I would be if I didn't have that support system. Absolutely. You know, you got to keep those people around you because they were there when you were going through your toughest times. They're there when you're going through your good times. They'll be there again when you go through another tough time, and they'll be there again when you go through another good time. Yeah. Like, it's life is a roller coaster. It's up, ups and downs. Like it's not always gonna be peachy keen, but just to know that you have your tribe behind you mm-hmm. that's always rooting for you. Like, go girl, do what you gotta do. We here. Whatever you need, we got your back. It it means everything. Everything, and even to go into uh, that a little bit more as far as having that tribe has sustained sustains you here um and, and really help <clears throat> elevate and cultivate this uh dream this dream that you have um that mm-hmm. you're chasing after when it came to um being in the music industry what mm-hmm. made you fall in love with music what drove this to be your you know the industry that you wanted to be a part of and really help make an impact and difference in it's 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 still such like it's so great like it's crazy but it's great at the same time to be like damn like I really do like working this shit like working with the artists and their management and like seeing their projects through their vision that they have for their music and like bringing that to life like it's so wild to be involved in the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. aspect and seeing how everything works to put it in front of the public and for everybody yeah. to view. But I will say, like, I, I've always loved music ever since I was little. Um, I My dad, I grew up in a household of music. He was always playing something. My dad had an extensive record collection, an extensive CD collection. Like, any of my friends you can ask, they're like, Ashley literally, like, knows everything. Like, I was that kid that would read the credits in every CD book mm-hmm. to see who was doing what. I've always learned about the labels. Who was their president? Who was their GM? Who did their marketing? Who was their A&R? Like, all of that stuff. I Google, well, not Google now, but before <laughs> then, it was just more so, like, research, reading Vibe magazine, um, right on, all of that stuff. Yeah. Anything that involved music, any shows, 106 in Park, Rap City in the Basement, like, I was into it. Like, I was just that kid, that love listening to the radio, recording songs, um, playing CDs over and over yeah. again. Like, that was just, I, I love music. I love the way it makes me feel. I love the feelings it provokes. I, it just kind of, it's an escape for me. Yeah. It takes me outside of the real world and puts me, like, in the artist world. It yeah. brings me into their world, how they're feeling, their thoughts. And even songs that you can relate to so much, you're like, damn, did they write this for me? Because, like, this is just so relatable. Like, Every Drake song. That's so Every crazy. Like, I knew that I always wanted to work in music. I just wasn't sure on how I would get involved with it because I went to college and I studied biology because I wanted to be a doctor at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that ain't you know, when you're like, I want to be a doctor. <laughs> Whatever I tell people, they're like, what did you study in college? I'm like, biology. They're like, how did you get here? I was like, I always wanted to work in music, but I just wasn't sure how I could, like, make that a livelihood. So I was like, I'll do science. You know, I'll take these classes if I want to go to med school. Can't play it safe. Yeah, definitely played it safe. I wish in college I would have been, like, 
more involved. Even though I went to Hampton, like, it wasn't a huge, like, music scene out there versus, like, going to a school in New York and L.A. where you can Can, intern at these major labels. Like, I tell all of our interns we have now, like, this is a really valuable experience that you have. While you're here, (laughs) do the work, make your connections, build your relationships, because it's really important. Because when you graduate school and you want to come back to this, You'll have those people who were there for you while you were there to help get you that job. It may not be within that label, but they'll link or connect you with somebody else and like get you essentially like your first job in the industry. And that's the thing about the industry too mm-hmm. that I want you to expound, expound upon about the relationships, right? Most oh, of the yeah. music industry, I feel like jobs are all <laughs> about like who you know. That's how I got a whole my job. It wasn't like, did you apply most nope. people that I know work in the music industry is like, oh, I put this person over this person and they had open it here and I told them, oh, this, that, that, and that was that person's job. I never applied online for anything. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, let me just apply on this and see if somebody will call me. Everything that I've had is through relationships that I've built with people and them seeing the potential in myself and wanting to be like, you know what? I think you would be a good fit for this because people... In, specifically in this industry aren't just gonna vouch for you just to do it like they really have to really fuck with you and believe in you and believe in your character know that you're a good person like hey i'm sticking my neck out for this person and i want this to be the best fit for both you and me because i don't want this person to come back to me and be like yo homegirl you recommended like what the fuck is up with that so like that was another thing that i had i'm like oh my god i'm like man, people really pushed for me to get this position. I feel like I have a lot riding on my shoulders because I want to make them proud. You know, I got to make this new person that I'm working with proud. Like, it's just like, it, it, it really is like your relationships and, and giving, paying your dues, giving your respect to these people. Like, they don't have to do any of this. Right. They don't have to do shit. They could just be like, yeah, I'm like, so many different jobs come through for people even when they don't have listings online, because that's usually how, like, most of my stuff came through. Like, it's not posted online. It's just, like, word of mouth. Oh, you know, I'm looking for this person. Do you have anybody in mind? And that's how it works. It's just positioning yourself. Mm-hmm. That's really it. And it goes back to that point that you said earlier about, like, when someone, you know, mentions your name or speaks of you, mm-hmm. what, are they going to say something good? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to say something bad based off your character, based off your worth ethic? Mm-hmm. All of these things. And mm-hmm. so, like, as much as I'm all for everybody living their most authentic lives, mm-hmm. you know? You know, the reality is that it, no. Yeah, the reality is, is that perception is some people's reality about you because yeah. they don't know you and they have to go based off of face of value. Yeah. Or whatever value you that you're bringing to the table. Of it. So you have to bring that. Yeah, you have to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to ask you, like, now that you're at this point in your career, you you put in the work. You know, you intern, you work the part time job, you made the relationships in the industry. You're now working on some dope projects. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you envision for yourself as your dream job within this industry? Now that you have a better sense of like. The music, the, la- the lay of the land. Yeah, the lay of <laughs> even land. Even though, like, it's it's changed so much. Even from like when I was first starting out in 2012, streaming wasn't a big thing. Yeah. Um, I remember when I like first signed up for Spotify, I had no idea what the fuck it was. I was just like, oh, I can listen to some to listen to all my music and not pay. This is great. <laughs> and then now, like, streaming is like one of the biggest, if not the largest, factor in an artist's career. Yeah. Their reach and how they're expanding their songs. Like, I mean, people are getting a billion streams off of stuff now. Like, that's that's phenomenal. That's amazing. Not everybody and can without a, without achieve a music video that success. Yeah, and, and it's hard because a lot of people think it's, like, contrived. Some of it's organic. Most of it is, like, you know, there's a team that's working behind it and putting shit together and making the pieces click and all of those things. But, like... Even that aspect, or just marketing, has changed in general now for artists. Yeah. Like, it, it's so wild to see how things turn over and change so quickly. But um, my dream job, I see myself doing this, like, when I'm, like, 40, 
45. I want to be a music supervisor. Oh, like, on like a show. Yeah, like that's essentially what I see myself doing in the end of it all. If I could be a music editor for a show, TV series, at HBO, like a Showtime type of thing, like I would just be thrilled to score a movie. Like, because it's so funny, like when I'm watching different scenes, and then, like, I'm, I'm thinking of songs like, oh, that would be a perfect fit for that. Just, like, bringing the music to real-life scenes. Like, that, that is, yeah, to the story, building it out. Like, that's so amazing to me. Like, that's why I felt, like, Insecure and Entourage and, like, Ballers. Um, Atlanta is another show with, like, really great scores and music supervisors. Like, that's essentially what I want to get into. I just have to make the steps to start going to you will, and you will. And That's when fear comes into place, ladies <laughs> It's like you see something, you're like, oh, I really want to do this, but how am I going to get started with this? So that's that's my that's my goal. Well, look at God. You sat in this chair, and the great thing about this podcast is that the connections, right, the people who come on here and their stories, mm-hmm. and I have a friend, um, Xavier, who works at Spotify. Mm-hmm doing cultural partnerships but he ha- he runs his own podcast called showstopper and he talks to music supervisors from shows on like netflix and like hbo insecure and that's amazing so look at god now we can like connect you to let me see let's get some call let's get some drinks some wise something yeah. what's good so, and it's i mean even if it's just to be like all right there's someone I that's a music producer in new york it. and you're yeah. like hey i come from this industry this is what i could you know mm-hmm. i know the whole pick the brain nobody like that but it's like this is what i can offer right this mm-hmm. is what i can come to the table with mm-hmm. and i would love to see how that marries into this industry that's yep. working it and like boom have that connection yeah that. like i love making playlists i used to send my friends playlists like every month of like the latest songs that i'm listening to or that i'm into like i i love that shit it's fun for me yeah it's easy like it comes naturally to just do it and i feel like i have a pretty vast knowledge of music you know i always tell people like my favorite era is like the late 70s 80s funk soul early hip-hop like Mm -hmm. I love that and I know for me personally I feel like I want to expand more in genres like soft rock I don't know about country even though they're really good at telling (laughs) stories like if I can't catch the vibe if I can't catch the vibe then it's it's not gonna work for me but listen hip-hop is the number one genre in music right now the number one money-making genre so it's like People are buying into our culture. We already got the swag and everything. Exactly. Now they're just using us to like build it and make it global and national, which is cool and all. But like, pay us our respects. Yes. You know, we have all these people, the suits, as I like to call them, in these corner offices (laughs) (laughs) that really aren't on the streets. They're not out here. They're not with the youth. They're not with the culture. They don't really know what's going on. Right. So you need these young black men and women and Latino men and women out here who are, you know, a part of the culture. They're helping expand. They're helping grow it. Like, you need to bring these people in. Yeah. You need them. If you want to keep growing and moving forward in music, like, we can't, like, that's one of the hardest things, too, in music is, like, the older people that are there, they're so set in their ways. It's different. It's not the 90s anymore. It's not the early 2000s anymore. Shit has changed. And, yeah, we can keep going off all the good old times and the heyday and all that stuff. It don't matter no more. These kids don't care. They're on to the next thing instantly. Yeah. They don't care. And I think that's across all media industries whether it's music whether it's television film people are like y'all can keep still doing that and then you have Mm -hmm. the new platforms like you said the streaming systems like the netflixes Mm -hmm. and the the spotify's and just in general like these startup kind of companies or these integrate people that are providing providing platforms for people to catch the wave yeah and if you don't want to catch the wave, we can create the wave for you. With or without With or without you. you. It's going to so happen. So when you have, the, like you said, those old business models or those 
those jobs where they're like, oh, we're, we're digitally innovative. Yeah. No, like, nobody care about that. We already be on that. You are digitally innovative in 2018, and we're on a whole nother wave. Like, a whole nother way. We're on a whole nother way. Like By the time you, you get there, on, we're on the other thing. Or you're ahead of it, but once you're behind it, that's it. That's like, it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and if you like, can't, you'd rather be proactive than reactive. And I think sure. that's the thing. And, oh, I, for and sure. I would, I can't wait. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm speaking it to the existence that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till there are more people of color that are in those suits mm-hmm. right in those in those white suits when they're in those suits okay because it starts to shift when people keep talking about culture just in workplaces culture 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 i hate when they be like oh the workplace culture. first yeah. of all y'all don't even know what culture is like you don't know what culture is but mm-hmm. to like really start to get those people in those positions outside of the I like to call worker bee roles Mm -hmm. Mm because most of us are in those worker bee roles or we're helping make yourself look great, but we're not in the room making those. I am a worker bee. I'm in a worker bee role too. I'm in a worker bee role too. But to start getting us in those positions to actually own and have power in making these decisions, taking the risk. Okay. Mm -hmm. How much did the company lose in that? What can we learn from this? How can Mm -hmm. we, whatever. Like, once we get the us in the room, I'm telling you, it's going to be a fucking game changer. That's what I'm saying. And a lot of people are moving. It's moving. It is. It's it moving. is. But I, I feel like on the label side of thing, like, I love, like, reading stories about black men and black women, like, coming into power, like, as, as a general manager or a CEO or EVP or something in that set. I'm yeah. like, yes. I love seeing people of color in those positions because for so long, it's always it, it it's been a whitewash in a sense, and and especially with the culture progressing so much, hip hop and all of our black artists out here that are doing so well and making so much money for themselves, like it's you want to see people when when you sign a new artist to a label they want to see people there that look like them yes and feel like they're being represented if they walk into a room and and it's just you know like an episode uh, of Atlanta (laughs) that's free though too (laughs) you walk into a room and you see like all of these like you know this is no shade but you see all of these white faces you like how can they necessarily relate to me but billboard actually did a really good article about like um like black women and black men and like them being in like those product managers role and like how the evps and stuff like they can't necessarily relate to the artist so they're stressing these younger people out like well we need to make this happen we need to do this we need to do that this that and the third it's because they can't relate to them yeah they can't relate to them they don't maybe they may know of a a few cool words like oh that's fire or that's lit or things of that nature and it's like stop saying that it sounds crazy coming from you <laughs> but okay get your life <laughs> like but still like I know for me whenever we have new artists or or if it's a project that I'm working on like I want to be relatable to them like I'm hanging out at the same spots you're hanging out or we know some of the same similar people like you want them to feel comfortable because at the end of the day like this is their livelihood for themselves. They're changing their families' lives. Like, all they want to do is progress, but they want to feel supported in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. they do have people there that's in their corner and rooting for you. We may not be in these corner offices or we may not be in these, like, super executive meetings. Right. But we're out there on the field, like, fighting for them, pushing for them. Like, a lot of my coworkers, like, they're so bright and so talented. Like, yeah. we have a, a really, like, youthful energy there like all the product managers that are working with the artists there and like it it feels good for an artist to be like yeah you know what we visited a lot of other labels but you know you guys are cool like you you have a great youthful energy like we'll hang out with you guys like do whatever like because there's no difference between us we all doing the same shit we really are we hang out with our friends we go to this party we go to this party we like the same music like it's it's it just makes it even sweeter to like 
work with these artists and just help build their brand mm-hmm. and how we want to market them out to the world. So, like, that's one thing for me that I take a lot of pride in. Yeah. Is, is you know, being relatable, having a, a familiar face there. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, okay, Ashley. And speaking of relatability, here's something that all women can relate to. Ladies, how often do we dread that time of the month when Auntie Flo visits up to five days? And we're constantly looking for the right product to make us feel good inside, comfortable. Well, have no fear. Lola got us covered. Lola is a female founded company for women, offering pads, liners, and both BPA-free plastic applicator or environmentally non-applicator tampons. I really love the convenience of Lola because they deliver it right to my door. When I receive my packaging, the branding is so discreet and on point. As soon as I opened up my box of tampons, the messaging that popped out to me was, this too shall pass. And until it does, we got you covered. Like, Lola, you know me, sis. You understand that I am not alone, (laughs) and I appreciate that. Lola makes my month a little bit easier, and it can do the same for you. Their subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, either or a combo of organic cotton tampons, pads, or liners, and cleansing wipes. A mix of absorbency, whether you prefer tampons or pads, you can have a mix of light, regular, heavy, super, super plus, or even ultra thin or night pads. And the number of boxes that you want delivered at your door. And of course, the frequency of delivery. So you can select your shipment frequency. Lola emails you two days before your boxes are shipped and prides themselves on no surprises or gimmicks. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. And with the holiday season here, do good with your purchase. So for every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the United States. So I truly love this brand. I truly believe in supporting a brand that is founded by women for women and is doing good across the United States. And in the season of giving, Lola is providing something special for my listeners. For 40% off of all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter promo code FearlessKia when you subscribe. Actually, sorry, I had to just have that moment because I couldn't not share that great information. But let's get back into our discussion. Well, I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk, first of all, commend you for like, you, you could see the passion in her eyes when she's talking about <laughs> music and the artists and the labels. And like, that's the type of people that you want in your field, whatever field it is that you care about. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You know, mm-hmm. it, that's the type of person that you want. Like, you're not doing it for the paycheck. If you got the paycheck taken away, would you still be doing the right. same work? You know? Shit hits the fan. Are you still a fan? If shit hits the fan, are you still a fan? Like, you literally. Still doing this? Do you, you still know? want this person to succeed? Yeah. You know? That's a big thing. A lot of yeah. It's not the same for a lot of people. Absolutely. But I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk to you about, like, what you, you said you love work. And that, like, keeps you going and keeps you motivated. What, how do you take care of yourself? Not actually what, but how do you take care of yourself to remain grounded and clear <laughs> in your dreams um, and your goals and your aspirations? Okay, so I call my mom, like, every day. <laughs> Come on, Miss Merritt! Come on. I talk to my mom every day, if not two or maybe three times a day. Uh, that keeps me super grounded because it gives me that familiar familiarity. Yeah, <laughs> said that totally wrong. But like it, it gives me that sense of home. Like, oh, I love hearing your voice. I just like talking about regular shit that's happening, not work, all the things. Like it's just me and her having our personal connection, our one-on-one time, um, spending time with my like my friends are like to me as most people may know like spending time with them like my weekends are like my like pride and joy I get to catch I love going to brunch I love going to brunch like that's my favorite thing to do just sitting with your best friend just talking shit and <laughs> giggling and having drinks and be like what's going on with you girls all about niggas bitches, and all <laughs> types of shit like I love shit like that that's what really keeps me going and keeps me ticking and then just having my personal alone time. Like, I love weekends where I just kind of hibernate and stay inside. 
and do what I want to do. If I want to binge on some shows, <laughs> catch up on Netflix, some documentaries, like whatever, listen to an album I've been wanting to listen to, like just giving myself that peaceful time, that moment to where like I don't have to talk to somebody, I don't have to be on all the time, like I can just be who I am, do whatever the fuck I want to do, and just be in that space. And then, most importantly, is going to church. That has, like, really, really shifted myself. Because, like, coming here in New York, like, for, like, the first few years, I wasn't going to church because I didn't have a church home. And it was different. And I would compare it to my church back at home in Maryland. Like, oh, it's not the same. It's, I, I just, I can't relate. The music, this, that, and the third. But then I think there, there's, I've been going to Trinity consistently for a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. It was like one Sunday I woke up. I'm like, something's missing. <laughs> I was like, and I know what it is. I need to go to church. I have to get myself reconnected because I'm I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. Like, there's times in my life where I feel like I'm super fluid and connected with God and Jesus, and there's times when I fall out of it, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not and I'm not praying consistently every day. I'm not being thankful for everything that God gives me, and it's like when that happens, it don't ever last for long. Like, I pretty much snap myself out of it. Like, oh, wait, girl, no. You got to know. You see the shift, though, don't you? You (laughs) You see the difference. And you can, you can, I know for myself, like, I can just feel the difference. I like going to church. I like hearing the word. I like reading the Bible scriptures. On my Bible app, I just like to read the verse of the day every morning and be like, oh, this is cool. Like, my devotional, my mom got me two devotionals that I like to read Mm -hmm. in the mornings as well, too. And just kind of just journaling and, like, jotting down my feelings and my thoughts. Like, because sometimes you, I know for myself, my mind is always fucking moving. Always. Even at night. Like, I'll be sleeping. I'll wake up at, like, 3 and then I'll be up for two hours thinking about a whole bunch of shit. I'm like, I just need to, like, focus myself back in. (laughs) Channel these thoughts. Write them down. Pray about it. Whatever it is. And then move on from it. Yeah. Those are the, yeah. So I say those things. Like, obviously, God church my family my friends and just me taking my own personal time where i'm not surrounded by anything or anybody and just relaxing yeah so would you say you're happy at this point in your life i am yes and i'm really happy to say that because like maybe a year or two ago like i was going through a breakup and it was like life-changing mm. like, <laughs> I don't ever talk about it at all but like it was it was a lot of emotions that I went through and and just feelings of of, of like oh I don't I didn't feel like myself mm. I didn't feel like I felt like I lost myself do you feel like you lost yourself in that relationship or I just like, the process of just even um, getting out of you know like transitioning out of a relationship I think it's because it was a good relationship. Don't get me wrong. It was a very great relationship. A great friendship and everything. But I just think at a certain point, we were going two different directions and we weren't connecting anymore. Mm. So it was like, and I felt like I was losing myself in that process. Mm. You know when you feel like you're putting your all into one thing and it's you don't feel like it's really being reciprocated back? Yeah. And like that's just your only focus. Everything else around you everything still got to do. It's like, still moving, girl. Work, everything. We're like, still that's out of the back burner. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute now. I got to get my shit together. Like, I have to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, getting through that period, transitioning in, like, roles in my job, and now, like, I, I am happy. Like, I brought it back to myself. Mm. I'm happy with myself. Yeah. I go to sleep good at the end of the day. <laughs> Girl, be stressed out on that bed like you good. I sleep very well. I'm I'm so blessed. Like there's so much shit going on in this world between mental depression, sickness. Like it's it's a lot, and we tend to complain about these th- third world problems, as I like to call them. But at the end of the day, I'm like. In a good position in my life, mm. you know. Both my parents still alive and breathing. I have a roof over my head. My brother's good. 
my friends are good, my family's good, I have a job, I'm making more money. Like, it, it's, I don't have anything to complain about. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, I really, I'm in my right mind, thank God, my health is good, like, and I don't take shit for granted. Shit happens every day, every second of the day. Yeah. Every second, of you could be here today, gone tomorrow, literally. Like, I know that's a cliche saying, but it just resonates so much with me now, like, the older I get. Like, none of this is guaranteed. Mm. None of it. All of this is all just material things. It's here. It's tangible. Yeah. But, like, me having my relationship with God, like, that is the thing that keeps me moving every day. Because mm-hmm. I know that there's a plan. It's already written out. There's mapped. I'm going to be taking care of that going away because I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. And like, no weapon against me shall prosper. Oh, <laughs> like, nothing. Whatever is destined for me is mine. I won't have to fight for it. I won't have to pull teeth. It may not be on my own time. Yeah. But I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I have faith. I have a gr- uh, ground shaking faith. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like God it's like, just order my steps. Yeah, literally. Good. So I, I am happy to answer your question. Yes. I am happy, and I am very happy to say that. Yes. Fucking <laughs> Netflix. Yes, I am very happy. I am. The only, and, and it's important that you say that you brought it back to yourself because happiness yeah. is a choice, right? I think a lot yeah. of times we place happiness on other, other people, people, places, things, yep. and it's like, no, you have to choose every day. I'm gonna be happy. But in order to choose that, it goes back to your earlier point earlier in the chat about being still and really listening mm-hmm. to yourself, listening to the message that he's trying to bring to you and mm-hmm. being like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you and like? that's a hard thing to Ooh, do. Ooh, girl, silence. That's a hard thing. That's a very... Stillness and silence? Very, it's something I still struggle with. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's to really just take the time and listen to your inner being and really invite God into your life and be like, listen, I want some, I want to enlarge my territory. Like, that's one thing I pray about all the time. Mm. I don't know how or when it's going to happen, but I know it will. And I'm just like, Jesus, whenever the t- my favorite quote of all time is be ready, but be patient. And it's like, it's my mucker. Like, it's on the back of my phone. I don't have no tattoos, but if I got a tattoo, that would be it. Like, it, it means so much. Like, be ready, but at the same time, be patient. Yeah. You know? So when that time comes, you good to go. You don't got to be scrambling, to trying <laughs> to figure it out. Scrambling. But in the meantime, while you're being patient, you getting ready. So, you know, it works out. Yeah, it absolutely. I, um, first of all, I, I usually like to uh, close off the podcast mm-hmm. with a quote that relates to the person's fear but be ready, you know. <laughs> I guess that would be my Be goal. ready, be ready, <laughs> However, I mean, I loved it. I was like, yes, be ready. I'm over here sitting there like, girl, have you done the work? Because you want this right we now, but you it. haven't we done asked this. For it, but that's but true. you ain't done this have work you right done, now. Have you taking the steps to get to where you want to be? Because that's the equivalent of what ready means. Because I think yeah. a lot of people are like, I'm ready, I'm ready to leave now. No, but have you done that, what is required get, of you, you get to get there? You get whatever you want or that goal or that ambition, and when you finally get it and then it's not what you want it to be you're like damn i don't know if this is exactly what i wanted to be or i didn't really see it going this way <laughs> but in my mind i was so gung-ho i was so ready but your work at the end of the, the day you were ready for the idea of something yeah but not the work fell that in it, love with the idea mm-hmm. but not the work Ooh, that that's in everything <laughs> you know i'm talking about relationships okay <laughs> locations <laughs> job things everything for real no, for real. real. But um, if mm-hmm. there, you were saying earlier, and just to close off, um, the segment you were saying earlier that, you know, if your 30-year-old self can tell your 20-year-old self, <laughs> or say, like, to see if your 20-year-old self has grown, yeah. what are the three things that you saw, that you've seen yourself grow from? Um, being confident in my authentic self. Mm. And not feeling that you have to dim your light around other people because of their uncomfortableness or their insecurity. Mm. And that's one thing that I'm realizing more and more as I'm, as I'm 
getting older. Because mm-hmm. you can tell when you're around certain people, whether it's work or whatever, your love life. And, and if you're being your true, authentic self and someone is reacting like negatively towards it or is just giving off bad energy around it, that's when you're like, all right, that's not going to work for me because I'm not going to change who I am to make you feel more comfortable in who you are. Right. Like, that's your own thing that you have to do. I would say that is, is, is being authentic to myself, being confident in myself, in my knowledge, my appearance, how I sound, my voice. I know it's peculiar. Like, I was always teased for it growing up. Mm. Like, oh, you have a high-pitched voice, or you sound <laughs> like this, or you sound like that. And that was, like, an insecurity for me for a mm. while, feeling like, oh, because I don't want to be made fun of my voice, mm. but now I'm like, it is what it is. This is my voice. It's not changing. It's me. It's who I am. That's yeah. Ashley. Like, that's yeah. an identifiable factor. Like, you can just be like, oh, I know who that is. That sounds like Ashley. Like, things of that. Um, three things. Okay. Being authentic <laughs> to who you are, being confident in myself, and knowing that I'm fully capable of pursuing whatever it is that I set my mind to. Mm-hmm. And I just have to believe in it believe before other people get into it. Yeah. Just, just truly, truly 100% believing in myself. And I'm not all the way there yet. I am still it's a progress. progress. It's a progress. <laughs> Everybody's a work in progress. It's still a work in progress. Like, it, it, that's just what it is to be 100. Um, yeah. Believing in myself. Belief. I'm there with you, girl. I have that quote, this quote that's like, <laughs> On my vision board, it says, beautiful girl, you were made to do hard things, so believe in yourself. Yep. Try to use that as a reminder. It is. Belief is hard. It is. And also knowing and accepting that it's not always going to be good. You're going to go through bad times. You're going to suffer loss. You're going to experience heartbreak. You're going to experience failure. That's a given. That's going to happen. Besides being black and paying taxes, and dying. <laughs> like, those are other things that is going to happen. Because I know for myself, like, it's always, like, you always feel like, oh, I want things to always go so well, I want everything to be peachy keen, but that's not going to happen. And when you get faced with that adversity is how you handle it. Do mm. you let it control your life? Or do you take it, flip it, use it as a learning lesson, and move forward? Yeah. And that's a big thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do, too. It is. To navigate there. You recognize it head on and know that it's going to happen at some point in your life. But you know that you'll come out on the good side of things at the end of the day. Absolutely. Because once you are beyond it, you're like, damn, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Rainstorms and clouds don't last forever now. (laughs) Unless you live in Seattle. walk around with like a dark gray cloud over the oh head i don't God. know but we ain't living our lives like that no. we can have it for the moment but fuck that i want some sunshine yeah okay? <laughs> and if you are walking around with clouds in your circle <laughs> you might need to switch it up and for i real, always man. say i Life always is too short i'm telling you i always say i say this to people now i was like i don't understand what my dad used to say but who you surround you surround yourself with negative people you're going to be negative. Oh, yeah. You surround yourself with positive people. Yeah. You know, you're going to have positive. You're going to be positive and have positive outcomes. So who you surround yourself with, child? Be careful. You got to be careful with that. Who you're talking to, who you're trusting with your with your vision and your inner dreams and goals because not everybody's always going to be supporting or rooting for you. You know, you got to be selective with that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. to your point, first of all, thank you so much. For coming on the podcast, this was fun. This is really fun. So easy. It's like we're talking and catching up. Yes, (laughs) so good. (laughs) Um, as stated, yeah, as stated earlier, uh, I want to leave off the episode with a quote. Mm-hmm. addition to the quote you gave earlier <laughs> in relation to what you're talking about like these things are going to happen in your Wait, life let me pull up my quote because I know what I want to end with yeah, okay. <laughs> well we're going to end with this one and then we're going to end with Ashley's go, yeah, ahead, too. go ahead go but ahead 
speaking on earlier, Will Smith said um, at his bungee uh, jump for his 50th birthday, um, life is hard, and yeah, you may get hurt, yeah, you may be heartbroken, yeah, you may lose your job, but you still got to commit. You may meet someone and you like them and things are going great. Don't hesitate. Just commit. You can't experience, you know, like you can't experience the joy in your life if you don't go. Like you can be robbing yourself of the joy that you could have by hesitating or thinking about all the, all these outcomes that could come to play instead of just committing, going and seeing what happens on the other side. And it actually has a quote, y'all. Okay, this is just mine. And I'm, I'm just going to end with this and say this is Psalms 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Okay? <laughs> nothing. I lack nothing. Everything is here and inside. Just tap into it. Yes. To God be the glory. That's what I meant. <laughs> and on that note, okay, I wish Thank you guys you, nothing but love, light, and many of blessings. Thank you so much, Ashley, again. It's your girl, Phyllis Kia, and we're out. <laughs>